The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body it would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can never say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some of the parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most important. In parts we regard as less honorable are those we close with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the most honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together that such extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony amongst the members so that all members care for each other. If one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, then all parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts that God has appointed for the church. First are apostles. Second are prophets. Third are teachers. Then those who do miracles. Those who have the gift of healing. Those who can help others. Those who have the gift of leadership. Those who speak in unknown languages. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Here at Fellowship High Crest, one of the ways we recognize team members is through an award we created called the ABC Award or the Always Be Closing Award. And this one is a little differently because normally we award this to part of our leadership team um, that has gone above and beyond over this last period of time to help the body continue to function. Today, we are recognizing our brother, our lead deacon, Tyler Bennett, um, as our next. There's been, um, we had a, a break-in happen 
over at the Brookwood uh, facility and Tyler was there. We had a window get broken and he, he met me over to, to put in uh, wood temporarily till we can get it repaired. And there's been, there, there's all, always something going on um, either here or there or, or somewhere in the body that needs extra care. And the first one to respond is normally Tyler. And he truly leads by example. Brother, thank you for exemplifying what it means to serve as a member of the body. All right. If I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud, or rude. It doesn't demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now, our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we'll see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know is partial and complete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Amen. 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 You know, growing up, one of my favorite TV shows was the A-Team. And partially because one of my favorite actors was Mr. T. And he even starred in one of my favorite childhood movies, um, DC Cab. And as you can probably tell, I was all in on Mr. T. Just as a surprise. But if you don't know, the A-Team was a group of special ops veterans who were wrongly accused of a crime that they didn't commit. And as they searched for a way to clear their names, they would take on these missions to help people in seemingly hopeless situations. What made their team so special was not Hannibal's giftedness at strategic planning or Face's ability to negotiate or um, Murdoch's ability to fly anything with wings or even B.A.'s ingenuity. It wasn't their cool van or even 
the extraordinary things they did for people in times of crisis. What was it? And better yet, what does it have to do with the book of 1 Corinthians in our series on friendship? Well, what made the A-team special and allowed them to survive all those dangerous missions together while in the military was the same thing that allowed them to remain tight while on the run for their lives. It was their friendship. In the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul had to correct some thinking. The believers in Corinth thought that um, their level of giftedness was what demonstrated their level of spiritual maturity. They had missed a lesson taught on that without faith, it's impossible to please God, and without friendship, it is impossible to follow God. Therefore, when they gathered, the most important thing for them was to demonstrate to everyone else how gifted they were. But Paul had to correct their thinking. And Paul's words in chapters 12 through 14 are so vital for us, and here's why. So many people have determined that they're going to give this church thing a try, only to never experience the joys that they hoped for with it. So in a significant part of it is because when they come, they come looking to be loved rather than to love. They, they come looking to hear a sermon rather to, than to be one. They come looking to befriended rather than to be a friend. And the whole experience goes bankrupt because you have more takers than you have givers. This leads to shallow and unfulfilling relationships because deep friendships are not developed in the extraordinary moments of life, but in something much different. So, see, it's easy to see to my needs when I have just lost a child or a parent or you find out that I've just been diagnosed with cancer or um, I'm in the middle of some crisis in my life. That doesn't produce what Paul is talking about in these chapters of 1 Corinthians this morning, and that doesn't make us friends. Then what does? Deep friendships are born out of patience. People who will patiently walk with you after everyone else has grown weary with you. People like our lead deacon, Tyler Bennett. Tyler, why don't you come on up, and you can come right here in front of stage. You can stay up here. Come on up here, Tyler. You can go ahead and open that up and, and put that on. You can scoot down here. You probably want to scoot down some. But yeah, you can go ahead and open that up. Yeah. I think it should have a zipper on it. There you go. All right. Deep friendships that allow you to do the extraordinary are birthed out of kindness. Safe people, people like our children's ministry worker, Isabella Richardson. Is Isabella able to be here today or is she in children's today? Okay. Deep friendships are born out of relationships that are not competition, but collaboration. 
people who get joy from seeing you do and achieve great things, people like our worship leader, student ministries leader, and co-elder, Brill Watson. You can go ahead and put that on. Deep friendships are born out of relationships where you don't feel that you have to prove that you're worthy. People who never make you feel like less than because they always are a part of more good than you will ever know. People like our church administrative assistant, Jennifer Bennett. Jennifer, why don't you come on up? There we go. Deep friendships are born out of relationships where you're constantly built up. People who look for absolutely anything possible in your life that they can brag to other people about and praise you about. People like our deacon, Jason Ward. Jason, why don't you come on up? There you go, buddy. Deep friendships are born out of relationships that come with erasers. People who are like tagless T-shirts, they're hard to irritate. People like Deacon Luke Burney. Is, is Luke here this morning? All right. Deep friendships are born out of relationships where people have your six. People who have your back, even when it costs them. People like my sister, our guest services leader, and our deacon, Cassandra Von Bonn. Deep friendships are born out of relationships that throw light and not shade. People who try to think of the best possible reason why a person could have done a particular thing or said a particular thing. Um, people like our director of ministries, Jill Rice. She, we had a children's ministry worker that had to get uh, that was sick this morning, so Jill is covering for them in children's ministry this morning. Deep friendships are born out of relationships that are like brooms. They have a lot of straws, and you're never down to your last one. People who are never ready to give up on you. People like our deacon, Bill Henson. Bill, why don't you come on up? Here you go, buddy. And then deep friendships are born out of relationships that are battle-tested. People who, if they removed their shirt, would reveal a life that's been through a lot, but wear a smile that never tells. People like our deacon, Tim Vincent. Tim, why don't you come on up? There you go. Why don't y'all give them all a hand? These people are our leadership team. They are Fellowship High Christus 
18. I'm happy to be a part of their story. You know, the Urban Dictionary describes your ride or die or people who will ride for you as people who always have your best at, at heart, people who you never have to ask twice, people who have your back. They are our ride or dies. They're the extraordinary things that we get to be a part of starts with the friendships that they all share. And I'm thankful that they're a part of our body. And I know that they're able to be a friend because they've first been friended by God. Now, guys, may be seated. They're able to be a friend with us because they first been friended by God through the person and work of Jesus Christ. And to know Jesus is to know patience because he was promised as Eve's seed all the way back in Genesis 3. But Galatians tells us that he came at just the right time to redeem us. To know Jesus is to know kindness because the scriptures say that no greater love does one have than to lay down his life for his friend. To know Jesus is to know collaboration because the scriptures say in him we live and move and have our being. To know Jesus is to know humility. Because the scriptures say that though he was God, he did not count equality with God as something to be grasped. And so he humbled himself in the form of a slave and was born as a simple human. To know Jesus is to know encouragement. Because the scriptures state that our lives are sustained and built upon him. To know Jesus is to know the one who calms the storms and the seas. To know Jesus is to have cover because the scripture says that he is the good shepherd. To know Jesus is to be light because as the disciples were preparing to make the absolute worst decision and biggest mistakes of their lives, he said, let not your heart be troubled. To know Jesus is to always have hope because the scriptures say that we are saved through faith by grace and not of ourselves, lest any man should boast. To know Jesus is to experience endurance because he promised his followers that he would be with them to the end of the age. Do you know Jesus? If not, I want to give you that opportunity today. In a second, I'm going to pray no special words, a special order of words, just a prayer of thanksgiving. Thanking God for sending his son as plan A so that we get to ride another day. What a friend he's been. If you accept God's offer of friendship today, let us know by connecting with us at the Connections table at the back of the gym at the service or by texting the word CONNECT, C-O-N-N-E-C-T, to 785-432-4544. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you've been such a friend, that you've exhibited what it means to truly befriend us not in just the extraordinary work of the cross, but in our everyday lives. The sacrifice that Jesus made allows us to commune with you on a regular basis, in the highs and the lows and even in the ordinary. Father, if there's anyone here today that thinks they have to do something miraculous, something special to merit value and worth, and friendship with you. I pray, pray that today 
they will begin to understand that that's not what you ask. You simply ask them to trust. To put all their faith, all their belief in the life, death, burial, and resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ. He gave his life. They give their trust. They have a seat at your table. Father, help to remind all of us that that's the basis of our seat at your table. It's not how good we are. It's not how gifted we are. It's not how much we do. It's what you've already done. It's what you've already given. And because of that, we can live free. We can enjoy the gifts that have been given. So, Father, remind and comfort our hearts in that and help us to have friendships that resemble that. Ones where we're more concerned about what we give than what we get. Help us to understand this is the greater gift. This is love. Because love is the vehicle through which friendship travels in. We pray these things in your darling son Jesus' name. Amen. We are continuously reminded that the joys of friendship come through what is given by partaking of the Lord's table. Here at Fellowship Highcrest, you don't have to be a partner in order to enjoy this act of remembrance with us. But we ask that only those